All right, we're live with another episode of the Cymatic Show. Today, we've got a very interesting guest. We have Matt Stefanina. Got that it. Right? Was that it? Yeah, man, that was it. Oh, I watched it. it again. Yeah. <laughs> I can practice 10 times, so botch it. Uh, but yeah, man, honestly, one of the reasons, like usually we've been plowing through music industry only people, but I think you've done something super interesting in the dance world. I mean, your following is fucking huge and like putting out massive amounts of content and even collaborating a lot with the music industry. So we thought it'd be cool to just get a whole nother take. You know what I'm saying? On kind of what's going on with the music industry and, and, and how those worlds are colliding, social media, all that good shit. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, this is actually like probably the most excited I've ever been to be on a podcast. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Hell yeah. Um, I've been following you guys for a minute. You know, you and I have been talking online for probably a year now and kind of my journey into music as well and stuff. So it's really cool to see how the worlds go together and what you guys have done with Cymatics and making this so huge. That's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, you want to talk about some of your like accomplishments and like your socials? I mean, your YouTube has 11 yeah. fucking million. Well, this guy makes us look tiny. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I didn't even know you were that big on YouTube. Yeah, I was like, like God your Instagram. damn, and then we man. we looked at the YouTube, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that's crazy, Alpha man. Alpha M's one of our buddies. He's got a pretty Oh, word. Channel. Yeah. You know him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's sick, man. He's, yeah. He makes so much he's good content, man. He's a baller business dude, bro. Really? Yeah, so he's dope. killing it. He, he makes racks. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I started on YouTube 11 years ago. Um, oh, the main channel is about 11 million. Then I have a second one uh, where we do behind the scenes, kind of like test out some new show ideas. It's at mm -hmm. 3 million. And then I have a dance tutorials channel, uh, which is at 3 million. And that's all instructional videos and that's stuff. That's crazy, there. man. Your backup yeah. channels are at 3 million. <laughs> backup channels making cymatics look tiny. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. And, and it's, you know, they all kind of funnel to Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snap, whatever it may be. But the, the main source has always been YouTube for me. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Have you seen it like shake over the years in terms of reach or like how's your... It's, it's interesting for me, you know, I'm reliant a lot on the music industry. If I do a dance video to a royalty free song, it's obviously not going to do nearly the numbers as Drake's new single that's blowing up, you know? So a lot of it is timing. I know I don't really have like a consistent growth. It's like huge viral video, chill for a second, huge viral video, chill for a second. It's always kind of done that. And so we're just always trying new ideas, throwing darts at the board, yeah. seeing what sticks. No, it's fucking awesome, dude. I was looking at your numbers. You want to talk about some of those big videos that have slam but gone off and and maybe also like how that helped you get into the, like deeper into the music industry because i mean you know a shit ton of people yeah i mean my goal when i first moved out to la was to work with artists i wanted to choreograph and dance for them and i was going through the audition process a lot of you know musicians can probably relate with like sending your mixtapes to labels and like getting turned down and <clears throat> artists aren't you know giving you placements and that was what was happening with me with auditions i just wasn't booking the right jobs and so i was like you know maybe if i put stuff on youtube and i send it to the artists they'll see it and they'll be like yo what about this guy and it's literally what happened um started working you know dance for chris brown and taylor swift and snoop dogg and wayne and busta rhymes and jason derulo and all these people and, and insane, a lot man. of them were literally from youtube videos or from me messaging on instagram and being like yo i love your stuff you know and uh that that was sort of why i started building the the youtube base so big is because i wanted to be able to reach musicians that i love and now it's turned into almost all edm you know I'm a huge EDM fan, yeah. so been really lucky to, to work with a lot of people the past couple of years on that side. Dude, you took like a back door into the music industry. Yeah, you know, in a way, like yeah. Too, yeah like with the sample packs and kind of going in with a different way, because I feel like everybody who takes that typical route is almost similar to your audition thing. Right. And I feel like anybody takes back door, even like you, is almost a completely different industry. I mean, it is. Yeah. And then kind of fusing it together. What was a moment where you were like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm working with this person right now? Like the first time you were like, wow. 
my very first job I ever booked was I was Jay Leno's body double on the Tonight Show. <laughs> <laughs> and they like they put me in like I don't, I don't want to say a fat suit, you know, Jay, he's just a little thicker. So they put a little thing in a full denim, like head to toe denim, the wig. So and we went around L.A. like knocking on people's doors and he would like recreate music videos with them as like a sketch for the show. And then they would put me in and I'd like break dance and flip and stuff <laughs> and swap out. And it was like my first real experience of like, damn, this is actual like Hollywood. This is real real stuff you know yeah how long ago was that that was nine years ten years ago wow oh, shit that's yeah. crazy you've been grinding a long time it's yeah just consistency yeah. yeah yeah consistency and and constantly you know like some stuff will work and then it starts to kind of get oversaturated and then you mm -hmm. find something new and then that gets oversaturated it's like constantly reinventing the wheel as you're going Dude, you know yeah yeah i mean for us i mean it's it's almost like constantly shifting like i remember at one point we were doing facebook fan page stuff that was blowing up mm. and the facebook fan pages start to like dwindle and now we don't even look at it anymore because like when we post something it gets zero reach now crazy right and then instagrams have even like there's a lot of people complaining about instagram's reach like kind of it's kind of been like but, wavering up and down yeah, I feel that too. Only recently, like maybe about three or four months ago. I was going to yeah. say three or four months. Yeah. That's when I started noticing thing, it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's they're servicing more ads or, you know, they're always messing with the algorithms it and has, stuff. It has but to be, though. You know? It has to be, yeah. I've noticed that the bad posts that get less engagement get pushed even further down almost, yeah. where like the bad posts are getting almost nothing now. <laughs> yeah. Well, not bad posts, but the stuff that doesn't get quite as much engagement, like we'll get nothing now. Yeah. And then I'll still get posts that go off. I'm sure you do too, but then some stuff just flops completely. And the other thing that it's interesting about the change recently is it used to be comments played mm -hmm. a big part in things. I used to feel like, oh, if I'm getting a lot of comments, yeah. Instagram will push that more. But now it doesn't seem to have any correlation. I think for me. it's because they know people are just comment baiting with whatever. We do all kinds of shit. We <laughs> still do it on every. Yeah, we now. still do it yeah. on every post. But yeah, I think you're right about that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Also, like followers go stale. Like at the end of the day, like for example, we have over a million emails, but like we constantly are deleting people who just don't open them anymore. Mm. And I think naturally, like you have to, you're either growing or you're you're dying. You're literally your following's dying because people stop using it, whatever. And then you have to keep getting more and more followers into the the chamber. Yeah. Grow. And the bigger you get, the more you notice like the fall off. Like I think I and I don't even think it's necessarily people unfollowing me as much as it's people just going dormant, closing their accounts, Instagram, deleting old stuff. But I think I lose like 30,000 followers a week. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I and lose a lot, too, yeah, man. <laughs> like, luckily, I get 50,000. So it works out. Yeah. But like 30,000 a week that are getting shut down or just don't use Instagram anymore for whatever reason. So mm -hmm. you you have to constantly keep building. Uh, how important do you think being in L.A. is for the entertainment industry? 10 years ago, I said, I would say it's the only option. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously there's, there's a lot of other choices. I think if you want to work in the industry, you know, if you want to do music videos, if you want to do movies, you have to be here. Yeah. If you want to build a business in an art, in entertainment, mm -hmm. you could be anywhere. Like we were saying, like you could be a kid in Oklahoma going off on TikTok. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Doing uh, brand deals like on your farm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> crazy. What do you think about TikTok? I, you know, I have a little bit of a love hate relationship. I, I do think that the growth is undeniable. Mm. So anybody that's trying to still pretend like it's not taking over, I would highly advise they <laughs> change that belief. Um, you know, I started on musically a little bit when that, that blew mm. up and, and now I've transferred over to TikTok. And for me, I'm trying to find a way to be able to do it and still stay, stay authentic to my mm. brand. You know, I don't want to do the challenges where you like it's clap three dance. times and tap your leg and look to the left and that good. 
that goes viral. You know, I want to, I want to find a way to do it that I still feel good about it. Um, but this can still, Mm -hmm. you know, get the numbers and, and meet the trends and stuff too. So we're sort of experimenting right now. I haven't, haven't really found my niche there yet. What's the biggest videos you said, uh, you popped, had popped. Yeah. I had a boomerang. I posted a last month, dude, 19 million views. Bro, you're acting like you're tiny out there, man. I don't know what's going on. 19 million views. But that's what I'm saying. That's what we were talking about. Like, I don't understand why there's no music. There's no hashtags. It's not from TikTok. It's from Instagram. Yeah. And yet that blows up, you know, and, and I mean, I think the key is just posting. Gary Vee told us literally, he was like post four times a day. Like I can't right now because we're trying to do all this hiring stuff, but we're like, we're like, fuck man. Like I wish we could right now. That's crazy. I was at Costco. I posted a picture, a video of some chickens that came out of the oven. Like the rotisserie chickens. chickens. It's got over 500,000. It keeps going. There's You're joking. I swear. I'm There's like, no music. It's just, There's no. I've tried everything. I've what's tried, the caption? What's your secret? Nothing. It's literally just like chickens from Costco. And I swear to you. <laughs> I don't you, even think he did a caption. I don't think I did. Or oh, any hashtags. Shit. It was just nothing. I'm pretty sure. And it still moves. Every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, another 30,000 plays on this chicken. <laughs> And you're I, out here dropping b- advice left and right. And all, all people want from videos. me is chicken videos. I think man. you just got to post more, man. Yeah. I, I see oh. some people's accounts who like, they're like really popping off now. And I keep scrolling down and I just keep scrolling. Keep They've been posting for like months, like Insane. every day. So like, I think it's consistency on there. The, the, the reason it's, it's kind of funny. Talk about worlds clash and dance world and music world. I mean, a lot of people listening to this probably haven't played with TikTok enough yet, but dude, a producer, it's like the one era I've seen in the past, probably five years that like, I think artists have a huge advantage in taking over. Songs can blow up on there overnight and go Billboard number it's one. You know Roxanne, over, right? Of course. I, yeah. did, I did a video to Roxanne. That's funny. Why? Because <laughs> it blew up on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Like, but that kid was like that unknown, song. basically. Yeah, and like crazy. Number one song in Spotify, which Insane. is fucking That's nuts. Like, well, even like super chill music that was like almost like lo-fi. Old, old stuff. Yeah. It's just you see that like popping off in like some slow motion style video that just yeah. all of a sudden once it's I mean, a trend. Look at Grizztronics, perfect example. Yeah, like I got, like Billboard top <laughs> top ten in dance that, charts, I think. That song, you know, they've been going off at festivals for a while now, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like these kids that I teach are like freestyling. I'm like, how do they know this song? <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking crazy. I think uh, more people need to definitely make a play in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that I've started to do with my music is already start dancing to remixes that I'm making originals, put them on TikTok, get the restreams or replay yeah. posts. I don't well, know what dude, they call gonna, it yet, but I was going to ask you, so is, is that, so obviously you get into production. It seems like more and more now. Um, did you see like an opportunity where you had this big reach and then like your dance videos and stuff were getting millions and millions. You're like, man, if this was my own music, I could easily like start to leverage an artist career. Is that what Yeah, in a way. So I started DJing actually before I danced. So I was DJing like high school and college. I like got really into um, remixes like back. You remember like girl talk days when you would mash up like 50 songs into I, three oh, minutes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I used to do that kind of stuff, but I never really got good at production. It was just like remixing and then dance took off and I just sort of focused over there. And, and I always wanted to come back to music, but I didn't have the time to put in. And we were noticing so many issues like, with the record labels for YouTube, whether it's monetization or videos getting taken down Damn. or even, you know, commercials and, and opportunities where they're like, yo, if you have a song, we'll put it on the commercial right now. And I'm like, I don't like, okay, let's go find a, a song we can use. And I was like, if I had my own music, you know, I, I, I could really take advantage of these situations. Mm-hmm. So it was partly that. And then, you know, good friends with um, Tyler with nightmare and the slander guys and all these people that went to icon and were like, yo, if you're serious about this, like go to school, 
school, like learn your shit, get on it. And then, you know, watching y'all stuff and mm -hmm. being inspired by tutorials and just the whole community. Like I've always been at festivals and loved EDM and I go to shows, but I never thought I really could take it to the next level. And, and a lot of good people around me supporting me and kind of helping me get, you know, get started and get into it. Um, and, and just taking everything else out of the schedule that wasn't important to make time damn that's yeah. awesome man yeah. i didn't know you were getting like real serious about it that's fucking awesome to hear yeah i mean i think you'll be good anybody that can like get good at something whether it's dance or anything they can get good at other it's shit the same things in their brain yeah that helps them it's like you're wired right for learning shit yeah <laughs> and the, the work ethic too you yeah know? Like, that's a huge part i mean production is no different than anything else it takes like a huge amount of commitment mm -hmm. and time and just dedication and you know whether it's dance or anything else if if you really go at it and you know like without having tools like cymatics and i'm on there all the time like i watched an academy and stuff i'm watching tutorials like even while i'm in icon i'm always like back and forth like every day so it's really cool that there are opportunities for like bedroom producers mm -hmm. to now have access to information that you had to be on the inside to be able to get to years ago you know but dude imagine you keep building that leverage on tiktok and then you swing with one of your songs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like at the end of the day, like a lot of those TikTok songs, sometimes it's about the concept more than it is the song or the dance. It's more of like, how does this piece come together? That's why like a, a song will, they'll just do a really bass boosted version and everybody will use that version instead of the main one. It doesn't, it sounds like shit, but yeah. it's like, there's that one that's like, boom, let's go. You know that <laughs> one? Motion yeah. It, it's like, just like this one that's super distorted. That sounds like blown. every song on TikTok. Yeah, I know. That's all. <laughs> it's so funny but like it's like sounds like shit if you listen to it but it's more about the concept behind it being like just kind of hype almost yeah but, and they'll yeah. like shake the camera when the bass hits and like yeah like exactly or like uh fast by our friend Swayco or like this guy i know um have you heard that one yeah fast 400 uh -huh. yeah. yeah that that shit is so like it, it i think it had three million videos made with it and i was like what holy shit that's fucking crazy man that's like, a, it's a weird social media. How many how many people have like, heard TikTok's those songs? Like a, yeah. How many how many people have heard that that fast song? A shit ton. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Billions. And then when you hear a song on there, you're hearing it like 600 times in a week <laughs> yeah that's the crazy if you're on tiktok you're hearing the same songs over and over all you day. don't hate it like you hate like if you put something as your alarm like a song yeah alarm, you don't hate it but you don't necessarily hate yeah it. you kind of like watching the videos that's yeah. the weird thing about tiktok too is all the trends and even like the duets on there and stuff i think that would be good getting your audience to like duet with you and stuff like yeah, that. yeah actually just try that for the first time i, I think it's a really week. good idea for that a duet yeah i didn't, I didn't even know what it was and that you know people are like it's no, weird i don't i don't I understand like, oh. the culture on there at all yet but i'm just like watching videos every day like trying to figure it out it's fucking weird though yeah what what does your day look like in terms of like how, how much time do you spend on content it looks like now production touring uh i mean don't you have a studio i know yeah 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 crazy. yeah i mean i time management admittedly not my best skill mm -hmm. um i've i've brought my traveling down a lot i used to be on the road like eight months out of the year oh my so gosh. that was pretty much it <laughs> like i was just gone <laughs> yeah. you know i was like okay this isn't working you know i was flying out every weekend different city different thing and and i was like okay i'm gonna do a month in the spring a month in the summer a month in the fall and that's gonna be all my touring for the year and um the rest of the time i'm here you know making content mostly now working on music is a big part of that but usually we'll we'll pick 
two, three days a week to be like, okay, these are content days. Try to fill, you know, two, three, four videos in a day, get a bunch of content done. And then hopefully I have like a day or two for like meetings, music, things like that. Yeah. And how are you monetizing right now? Is it most of your touring? Is it brand deals? Is it like views? Cause your views are fucking insane. Yeah. It's, it's a split. Um, touring is really good. Obviously, uh, brand deals really amazing as well. Monetizing actual videos, a little tricky because of the music issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a lot of agreements with the labels now to be able to monetize certain songs or get upfront budget to do certain songs. So a lot of it is monetized. It wasn't a couple years ago before that, that was all in place, but uh, it's, it's a constant, like things are changing every day. Mm -hmm. You know, the one day they're like, we have this hot artist. We'll give you a ton of money to do, you know, five videos to his stuff. And then a week later, it's like, we dropped him. We're onto this other thing. Now it's like, yeah. it, it happens so quick, yeah. but there's a lot of opportunities now because the labels are realizing if we, we have a, a new artist a great way to push them is to get a bunch of videos done whether mm -hmm. it's youtube or it's tiktok or instagram yeah. to that music you know you want to talk about uh your content creation strategy like how do you go about like getting because you're posting i see you post all the time people really struggle with consistently posting but then you're posting and every video is doing well like how do you consistently like do that too. it's not like yeah it's, it's like how do you how do you form that that system where you can actually pump out content consistently because even i struggle with it a lot yeah yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really important to figure out what your one or two shows, quote, shows are that, you know, are like your go to's. Mm -hmm. For me, it's class videos like I can make these really dope high production videos at a location with lighting and all that. People just want to see me teach a class and see people dance it live where there's no edits. There's no redos because mm. it's authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like like for me, I don't like watching like music videos as much as I like watching like the acoustic session or I like watching the DJ play the, the set from his perspective, like mm -hmm. in the booth. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it has that authentic feeling. So that's my main. I do like one to two of those a week on the main one to two of those on the second channel and then a tutorial for that routine on the third channel and that's the bane and then on top of that we just stack other shows so we have like a show called 10 minute challenge where dancers try to learn a routine in other t under 10 minutes we have one where we go to santa monica and i'll like freestyle rap battle and dance battle people like these other shows that are inconsistent number wise but they hit and they kind of keep people interested mm -hmm. and then always coming back to the main piece of content and just stacking days like you know i'll do one day where it's like 14 16 hours of just shooting and core graphing and mm -hmm. just like get it done you know and then you're good for a few days you have all the content you need for everything but you got to put in those long days how do you handle also making instagram content because you're doing youtube we have struggled with youtube consistency yeah, you but do. you're also doing instagram content which seems like is that like is that separate content you're making or is that pieces from your bigger content? Most of the time it's pieces. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lot easier to go from YouTube to Instagram than the reverse, right? Because YouTube is long format. Yeah. So if my YouTube video is eight minutes, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. I can probably pull at least two or three Instagram clips from that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the how majority. we think. I mean, that's what we're doing with this podcast yeah. right now. I mean, this is, yeah. So we're taking the show's <laughs> approach too. Cause before we were so like more of a product company, like selling products. Now we're like, okay, what kind of badass content can we do? But yeah, we're trying to take the same approach. Like this show is an easy one for us. Yeah. You know saying like sit down, shoot the shit. And yeah. Just like, talking to somebody for 45 minutes is super easy. You know, it's a funny one we had. So Lil Skies is mixing the engineers guy. Neat came on the, uh, a recent episode and he was talking about a, a segment that the guy used to do that we're going to try and bring back or fuck around with even doing it once was uh 
uh, like a bedroom studio, like rescue. So going to like, like a, a studio shit. makeover That's for some tight. random yeah, kid. Go in there and just like deck the kid out. That's tight. Just a goofy idea. Yeah, yeah we've just like, been thinking about different creative stuff that we could do that might be more fun for the audience. I don't know. That's uh, that's a good idea. I, I did that one time like for that. a dance studio. Actually, oh, that's so awesome. It was a brand deal with Honda, and they were like, "We're gonna do a dance studio makeover." And they like same thing, like pick this like rundown studio. We went like painted it, fixed it up. Yeah. Like people loved it. It was like super entertaining. I was like, "Dang, it's exactly that." Those kind of ideas, you know, you never know what's gonna stick. How just big your video team? Um, a few videographers, uh, two editors. That's it. Interesting. Do you oversee a lot of the stuff? Everything. Yeah. You're like, just, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, sometimes I go back and forth. Like, am I being like just super controlling in type a, or is it important to keep the quality consistent? You know, I think long-term, if you work with people really closely for a couple years, if they stick with you they'll know how to do it themselves. Yeah. So that's what I've been kind of thinking is exactly. like getting more involved. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about your craziest tour story? Oh, if you have man. one, I mean, you've been touring for years, right? With random artists. Like what's the craziest thing you've seen go down? Uh, or even at your events. Yeah. I mean, you know, shit. You don't have to <laughs> call any artist out, but like <laughs> maybe just, I don't want to tell I mean, you know, nothing like, epically insane like uh but you know mostly the the craziest stuff that sticks out to me is like wild stalker shit oh, uh, i'm sure that happens you probably a lot. get that more than we don't yeah do you don't yeah do you get that at all? i didn't really realize how big of a mistake having your name as your name is I'm until so glad we at a few least years ago even in drew cinematic so it was, thank god we did yeah and drew cinematic yeah i'm like i'm actually debating now like as i go into releasing more music i'm like i do not want to release it as my name has that like, caused any problems yeah because people people can call a hotel and be like hey um, my brother matt he's staying at the hotel can you tell me and like technically they're not supposed to give out that information but they can fake them and try to uh-huh. but yeah like yeah. if it's like a you know like a kid and they're like oh, i can't find my family uh, like so they're like oh he's in room 612 and then all of a sudden i look out the people no. and there's like 40 kids in the hallway i'm like that what cr- the fuck okay is that is pretty on? crazy like, man. What do you, do? you stay in there <laughs> you don't come out you just you just no. turn off the lights you, you, you'll you're hear like them and you hear them out there like <laughs> I'm like Wait, how many times has this happened it's happened more than once like what yeah holy Dude, shit that, yeah. now I'm like, like straight oh, camping shit. straight wow. camping outside the room I'm like okay I need to change my name to fucking lightning bolt or something like I need it <laughs> yeah that's crazy something new. that's even, crazy I've never even think. thought of that yeah that's a crazy ass situation, that, man. I'm glad we got Steven and Drew Simonic. I mean, I feel like it could still fucking happen. Jesus. That yeah. sounds scary. Uh, how do you like to, uh, like network with people and get new con- connections? Cause I mean, it can be super fucking hard for people to actually get their foot in the door. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that I connected with you guys was really organic. I don't mm-hmm. actually even remember. I think I posted something, commented on your stuff or yeah. Commented, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I had got a bunch of the packs and I was like talking to you and you were like, yo, check to here, take some of this stuff. And like, we just kind of like linked up on having mm-hmm. similar interests. You know, I think that's the key when, 
whenever I've reached out to an artist or someone I want to work with, it's never like, Hey bro, do you have a job? Like, Hey, can I choreograph yeah. for you? Can I be in your music video? Yeah. You know, it's always like give value first. I'm always trying to give value before I expect or, or ask for anything in return. So, you know, with the EDM guys, for example, like marshmallow and, and slander nightmare, like all these people that I've gotten to work with and become friends with, I'm always like, Hey bro, like I love your shit. Here's a video I did to your music. Like, or, like y'all was at the concert last week you killed it like they're people that i i'm i'm showing like in advance like i don't need anything from you i just mm -hmm. fucking love your shit yeah you know and then in turn they're like yo wait your stuff's dope like we should work together let's check this what about this and that you know and i think that's the best way is to have it be an organic approach because i'm sure you guys get a million people coming at you being like can i work for you guys can yeah. you promote my mixtape i got a new song right like just non-stop and it's the same with me can i dance can you put me on can you this or that right so the one that, that get through and get past that first wall of defense mm -hmm. are the ones that are just like authentically mm -hmm. showing love and, and giving value. You know, if somebody's like, yo, I took your dance and I did it for a show and I shouted you out and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna be like, damn, that's dope. Like, thank you. And, yeah. and by the way, like I'm coming out to LA. All right, cool. Let's collab. Let's link up, you know? And even if that person's not, a, has a big following yet, like I said, they're not really known. They're coming to LA still yeah. show the love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's, it's gotta be win-win if, if they don't have a big following yet and they don't have something really incredibly unique to offer that could potentially make a, a video blow up, maybe the win-win isn't there to do a collab, but I'll be like, yo, come to class for free. Like I, I got you I'll you know, let me know when you're out here. I'll take care of you mm -hmm. and stuff, you know? So it's like that. And then as they build their careers, they build their following. You're like, okay, now like you're really killing it. Let's, let's go. Like, let me help you get to the next level. No, that's it. What do you think about working for free? Because a lot of people think like, oh, I'm, I'm too good to work for free. But I think it's so good. You got to work for free. I, I still work for free for pretty much all my all the artists I mentioned. They're like, oh, yeah, we got you. I'm like, don't pay me. Like, mm -hmm. just it's good, you know, because it's it's the way to get not just in the door, but it's the way to like keep a, a connection. Like you don't, your friends that are killing it when you're doing well, like you don't need to nickel and dime each other. Like you look out for me, I look out for you. And that's such a valuable relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I, when I first started, I would go to the dance studios in LA and it was like my dream to like teach at these dance studios. They were like the dance studios and they would be like, Oh, sorry, we're not, you know, we're not hiring. We're not interested in you. I'd be like, I got a resume. I got this. No, we're not interested. One day somebody didn't show up to teach their class. There was like 20 students there and they're like, guys, sorry, the class is canceled. The teacher didn't show up. I was like, I'll teach it for free. Like you don't have to pay me. They were like, all right. <laughs> Two months later, I was on the schedule. I was like the teacher rising up. And by the end of the year, I was the biggest teacher in the studio. So that's I was like, amazing, man. I, I'm a firm believer in, in working for free, putting yourself out there. Dude, we do. I mean, me and Drew, I, I do unhealthy amount of time. Like when podcast guests come in town, we love to like help out, show them what we're doing and like just free consulting on the back end, like helping different artists and stuff, get more reach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just comes back, you know, always. And, and, and I hate when I see those comments of people just like, know your worth, don't work for free. You know, people are just going to take advantage. I'm like, bro, you haven't done it enough to really know. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. People like that, though, their version of work for free is like, I did this video for free on a Craigslist ad and like, they never hooked me up with anything. Yeah. It's like, well, that's Craigslist. We're not talking yeah. about that. We're talking about working for yeah. free where there's another type of value. Mm -hmm. The relationship has a value, you know, not just literally throwing that, yourself out there for free. You're trading relationship. You're not trading like dollars. You know? Yeah. Um, if you had your exact skill, but you were 
like zero following, no connections, nothing, what would you do right now to like build your YouTube up or just get started? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's um, something I think about a lot because who knows tomorrow when you're going to wake up and be like, Vine is gone. Like yeah. you never really know, you know, I, the system that I have and and that's why I'm always watching you guys too, because I think the system that you have for music transfers to dance to anything else. I think the system that I have for dance also transfers to other art forms. And that is for me, it's, it's finding a format that works, posting really consistently and then connecting it to something that is trendy. So in my case, it's the music, mm-hmm. right? It's like, there's a lot of amazing dancers, but not at all of them find the song that's about to blow up before it blows up, mm-hmm. not after it blows up, find it before it blows up. So research, and then produce the content faster than anyone else. So like Drake drops his new song tonight. I think it's going to blow up tomorrow morning. We film tomorrow night. We edit and it drops on Tuesday. By the time anybody's heard the song, we have four videos out to it. And everybody's like, holy shit, like what just happened? You know? And so a lot of it is, is timing and research and really staying on top of your shit. And you can do that in any art form. It's not just for dance. How do you go about doing that? Like finding the next big thing? Um, back when I was first starting and I was DJing, I used to be like subscribed to one of those like record pools mm-hmm. where you would get like the songs like a few days yeah, early. Yeah, yeah. It was like my secret weapon. Like I'd have all the music a few days early. And then by the time it dropped, I had the videos. Now a lot of it's relationships with artists. Like the artists will just send me their music and oh, be like, okay. yo, the single's coming out in two weeks. Like if you want to do something like we'll push it, like we'd really appreciate it. And so right when they drop their stuff, I'll drop my video and we'll cross promote them. And you know, obviously that, that works really well. That's yeah, also a good win win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like it keeps feeding itself. Like the more you keep doing this, the more like it keeps happening. Yeah. I think people are realizing finally, you know, like we've always known it. We've, we've realized it for a while, but the record labels, the, the OGs in the music, in the dance industry, they didn't realize how powerful social media was until the last couple of years, you know, and now they're like, Oh shit, we kind of, we kind of <laughs> missed it a little bit. Like now we got to play catch up. So now they're like, they're really down to work with artists and, and creators. And that's a good thing for everyone on our yeah. side. You know, do you think that uh, more, let's just say artists on the smaller side, cause a lot of people listen to this podcast, you know, aren't necessarily Drake yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do you think there's a lot more opportunity for smaller artists to maybe team up with smaller, like even people in the dance type world yeah. to get exposure to their music? Absolutely. I mean, and also too, like, so I posted my first ever remix, uh, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I have zero followers on SoundCloud. Right. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to make YouTube push to SoundCloud. Like I just want to try and like kind of genuinely build a SoundCloud thing. So I, I remixed, um, that Selena Gomez ballad that came out, the one she did, it was like a, a soft, like an R&B pop vibe. Mm-hmm. And I remixed it and put it on SoundCloud. And it has like, not a lot, but I think like 90,000 plays mm-hmm. from from zero, you know? And that's, that's kind of the same version of what I did with dances. I was like, if I put out an original right now, it's not going to get a lot of love because I don't have any momentum. So I need to build a little momentum first. Let me remix a song that's popular in the style that I like, build the momentum and then start putting up originals. You know, and I think it's it's that type of thing, like the smaller artists, they can collaborate with other dancers or actors or I mean, look at what Chris D'Elia, we were talking about him, what he did with Eminem, Mm -hmm. making a joke about Eminem and then Eminem loved it, used it, put him in a song. Yeah, that was crazy, crazy, right? Like that's that's it happens overnight, like so quickly. So it's 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 about getting creative with how you're marketing your stuff. You know, if you're a newer producer remix some stuff you like connect with people online that are our same size as you get people to do dance videos to your stuff get people to do tiktoks to mm-hmm. your songs like 
it, you never know what can happen. That's what's amazing about and, and it. TikTok is fresh. I think you can literally pay people. I've been telling a few of my friends, uh, you can pay people probably a hundred bucks or less to make a TikTok. We have a million following. Yeah, because they're literally not really getting hit up right now. Like mm. if you watch their videos, you can tell that they're just making whatever the newest trend is. They're not like getting hit up by a bunch of brands and artists right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna happen though. Yeah. It's gonna start happening over that's the That's actually few years. that's a really, really good point. Um, because that happened with Instagram too. You used to be able to get anybody for a brand deal for mm-hmm. like I, I used Nothing. to do brand deals for like a few hundred bucks you know i was like and now it's here. probably fucking now tough. it's crazy every day you get get requests from because the og companies are now doing ads mm-hmm. on instagram and brand yeah. deals but no one's on tiktok yet. Do you like brand deals doing brand deals if they're authentic yeah i'm pretty picky about the brand deals that i do because i've seen a lot of my friends lose a lot of credibility for bad brand deals uh-huh. so i think it has to be authentic yeah you know but yeah i, lo- I mean it's Alpha, amazing Alpha makes a fucking killing bro he'll yeah play, he'll do some videos and ferrari or some company uh, sick. And dude, he just racks man yeah <laughs> it's crazy. like he makes so much just at one part of his business it's brand deals but the beautiful thing is that it's like all profit like yeah. it's just like hey by the way check out so-and-so check out, check out rolex <laughs> rolex's new whatever new watch nuts yeah. it's crazy man what are we at on time jordan yeah this is interesting man for me personally like honestly like i'm sometimes i even get selfish i'm like fuck everybody listening i'm like dude this is good info for me yeah i know that's why i start asking questions i think your your trends and shows approach i think is really good and it's actually something that i want cymax you know we're talking a lot about making cymax look more like that on the front end Mm -hmm. because before we've been so like these are our products people buy them but in the future we want to be like cymax is almost turning into a media brand yeah, you know saying and the selling the stuff is kind of after the fact, but like, how can we come up with cool content for the the people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you know, so many so much opportunity out there just to do more like show type shit. Yeah, definitely. How do your tours work exactly? Because I've seen a little bit about it. Is it like is it like a work dance workshop type of thing or what? Yeah, it's a, a combination of stuff, not too different than an artist tour in a sense, but the primary thing instead of a show is usually a workshop. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a, a beginner workshop that's like open to anybody. Cause a lot of people are not necessarily dancers that follow yeah. my stuff. You know, they're fans of dance so they can come learn steps, really chill a meet and greet for that. And then we do an advanced workshop after that for like the pro dancers in that city and a meet and greet for that. And then sometimes I'll perform. Sometimes I'll DJ. Like if there's other opportunities in the city, we'll kind of stack stuff. Mm-hmm. But the core of it is like two workshops to meet greets in every city that's awesome man do you have a whole nother team that helps with that or i have a tour manager that goes on the road with me and um we honestly we do it just the two of us oh wow been doing it for a while so i have like you guys you know the email lists for each country and everything so just literally send it out post it on social media do it through a ticketing platform and that's it scan people at the door and have like you know a few security in each city and like there's mm-hmm. some some people that we add in but as far as traveling like it's us and my laptop that's it that that part of your business is almost identical to our events business that really we just started because we're like we we never did anything live you know what i'm saying it was all online then all of a sudden seeing real people has been weird it's like oh shit yeah like, not just comments and likes they're like real people who yeah. are real diehards isn't it so rewarding though mm-hmm. like it's crazy right like, yeah it makes me excited to go back in the office and work on like you absolutely know, all the different shit seeing the real people coming out seeing the real impact you know yeah because it's easy to get lost and thinking that it's just a like or comment and not right it's just it's human microphones and cameras and yeah, it's you weird, like man. forget that like people are listening to this and it's and it's affecting them like in mm-hmm. a positive way it's changing their lives it's weird hearing what affects them too i'm sure you get this too but like they'll be like that 
uh, lo-fi drums video you did that changed everything for me and like, like, and what? Yeah, like, like I, that just, one? I just threw that up in five <laughs> seconds you know what I mean but yeah it's weird I'm sure you get like a lot of random kids saying like wow that one dance video got me into dance which is crazy yeah you get a lot of people telling you like you're the reason they kind of got into it yeah I'm, uh, thankfully like that's the best compliment I think you can get yeah is, it's you awesome, know and, and then people will be like you know I started you know five years ago after watching your tutorials and I learned and now I own a dance studio we just won world championships for this and that like i'm like holy shit you're doing better than me like you <laughs> took off but it's like crazy how it it starts so small you know with one video and then some people take it and run with it and what they're able to create yeah my favorite one recently is the one with you steven with those kids oh dude, dude. yeah there's some there's some kids who popped up i probably listened to this those kids in toronto asking some questions and it's kind of honestly I, I, what i initially think is some pretty higher level questions i can kind of tell where somebody's at based on the types of questions they're asking right sure um and anyways they were watching the live streams like four or five years ago when i was doing them on my personal fan facebook fan page like 30 or 40 views. about the music industry yeah like barely anybody in there but i just did them every night and then pretty much like they were i guess four because they're 18 now so they're probably 14 at the time and then fucking the kid was talking up, telling me he's making like 50 grand a month or something like that in the music industry. And he's like, I started because of this. Which is publishing or some crazy like services for rappers or some shit. And I was like, damn, bro. It's just crazy to hear that story and then see the dude. And yeah. I'm just thinking like live stream, done, thing, a thing I did. You sure. Know so the other crazy part about what you just said is for me to hear, for people to hear is like you were doing live streams to 30 or 40 people every night. People aren't willing to do that shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's easy to look at the numbers now and, and forget, you know, that like it, it we all go through that building mm -hmm. phase. I did probably... 100 200 youtube videos before i ever had one that did fifty thousand views you know it was like just posting 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 mm -hmm. posting and then it what, happens but what, what should somebody expect let's say there's a producer or anybody that's trying to be an influencer because i think almost every space is trying to do it to a certain degree uh what, what should they expect for like if the the volume of videos are putting out versus success is it something that people should be be patient wait three years should they be seeing two years or what's some things they expect when they really start pumping content and realistic expectations I, I think if you really commit and you really go for it, you'll know in the first year if it's something that you're on the right path with. Like you might not have the huge following and, and the viral hits or whatever yet, but after a year of going hard, posting every day, trying different things, you'll be able to see if you're growing consistently. And if, if you're growing consistently and people are engaging, people like your stuff, then it's only a matter of time. It, mm -hmm. it will happen for you if you stick with it what happens is people go that first six months, that first year, and that they're, they're really consistent. And then they start to lose steam. Right. And the posts don't come as often. And the inspiration drops a little bit. And then mm -hmm. they're like, man, I don't know, just online stuff didn't work for me. And it's like, ah, you were so close. Like you, you did the hardest part, which was the first six months mm -hmm. where you're not getting any love and you still have to post and still put work in now is when it gets easy. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to post when you know, you're going to get a check from it. You know, people are going to watch it. You know, people are going to support it it's that first period. So I always tell, you know, my friends that are getting into it, I'm like, don't worry about the numbers for the first six months, just post every day. And if something feels good, post more of it. If people are liking it, work with that, like just keep rolling. And then in a year, then start to analyze and say, this did this, this did that. But at first you just need to get in that habit of work ethic. And like, this is what I do every week. I make a lot of content. I do do, do this thing. You get in that good habit and then it can continue. Hell yeah. I think everybody needs to replay this clip every morning. 
<laughs> for six months as you yeah. keep posting. I yeah, think that definitely. was fucking huge. It's hard, man. When especially if you're not quite getting the reaction you want, or people are like, I mean, you'll even get some shit talkers, and you're like, "Fuck, man, this yeah. sucks." Gary said for the first two years, nobody watched Wine Library. Yeah, he, he did. He did like, you know, what's crazy? crazy. Nobody's watching. Everybody knows Gary for Gary V's brand, big like whatever, big entrepreneur. He did like how many episodes? A thousand, fifteen hundred, or a thousand, a thousand of this Wine Library TV where he just reviewed wine. Yeah, for years a thousand episodes we what? posted only 21 podcasts so far that's yeah. fucking crazy where was he posting them on youtube youtube no another shit video site too he was using that yeah day. yeah i forget what it was called but he, youtube too they're all there still i'm pretty sure yeah but i mean dude he was like and that was like he what got him started got to a couple hundred too he said at one point that's crazy, that, yeah. man. That's I it's mean, so that's, hard. That's see, inspiring. And like, you see yeah, how you know, falls into the Gary V now. How he's and now nobody would really, unless you're a super fan, you're not going to know that kind of shit. But like, that's where he got his start was literally like building his dad's wine business. Man, just tireless work ethic. Yeah, man. I think I would have given up after a thousand wine videos. Oh, I know. I've been <laughs> like, listen, guys, it's been real. You're reviewing a thousand. <laughs> how much wine? Different wines have, has Gary? Gary's a wine expert. I've never even thought about what in-depth like (laughs) wine expert you got to be after doing that many videos. I mean, you're like next level. That's crazy. He said people didn't really respect him because he's this young kid. Usually to drink wine, you got to been doing it for years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why am I like literally working at the liquor store when he was like 19 or something like that? Like, (laughs) crazy man. That's a crazy story. Give people advice. That guy does not stop. Out there, I think he like literally uses every second of his day. It seems like. Cause I don't. Yeah, his vlogs stress me out. Like I, I feel like I work hard, but when I watch his vlogs, I'm like, I can't, I can't take this Dude, shit, Gary. You something that's awesome. So he has a 4Ds program. It costs like t- about ten thousand bucks a person. But you go, you get to talk to everybody on his whole team, and dude, seeing inside like a two hundred million dollar company. For the day, you would, you, you would, be, you would like it, honestly. Gary, it's fucking worth it, bro. That, yeah. that's what took our business. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Viral. Gary would probably just have him on one on one. Yeah, he's well, this fucker's got a lot. Of yeah, I was gonna say he has, he has eleven million followers. I'm pretty sure the Gary business type question. <laughs> yeah, on the revenue and shit, man. It's, yeah, it's man. He, he'll say like one small thing, and you're like, whoa. Like this changes everything. I mean, that's we went last year and we were like, holy shit! We wow. came back and started Instagram after that. Instagram. Yeah, we didn't have Instagram. <laughs> really until we started that. a year ago, man. Yeah. I started oh, last shit. November. Damn, you guys are killing it, <laughs> dude. We're trying, man. But we've been. But that's like literally after Gary, we were like, oh, we got to do personal branding. Yeah, that's where we. Came I mean, that's back true. That. Uh, now that I'm thinking about when I first found your stuff and was using the sample packs and stuff. I, I didn't connect a face to it or names yeah. to it. It was just that's how everybody was. Yeah. And they just saw the ads on the front end. And they, honestly, people like hated on us because they were just getting sold to all the time yeah. like, by our sample pack. But now it's like that. Oh, wait, these are actual. Like, that's almost like not even 5% of what's actually going out because most of it's even free right now. Almost everything we do, we mm-hmm. do pop free packs that are fire. Yeah. Better than 99% of the, the other companies out there, you know. Um, Steven, do you want to wrap this up? Here pretty soon. Um, uh, we could do like a bonus round too. I don't know if you have questions for it though. I mean, do we still have extras on here? Yeah, cool. if you want to do that. So I guess that's do you want to do a gift card giveaway too? Yeah. So we'll do, do a giveaway. Uh, but real quick, you want to tell where people should go find you and check you out? Yeah. If you guys want to check anything out, uh, Matt Stefanina uh, on all platforms. It's pronounced spelled as it's pronounced. Two Fs. Yeah, we'll link yeah. you too. Yeah. And and not only that, uh, I'll actually say for sure, even you know. Even, even past the, the regular music producer on this thing for higher level music industry people checking us out like Matt fucking hit him up he's got yeah, <laughs> hell of value to bring to you as a label or management company so 
definitely plug there. And then uh, we'll do the giveaway. Yeah. Sweet. All right, guys. So doing the giveaway, same as usual, just comment and timestamp your favorite moment in this episode. Uh, even though Matt's not, or, you know, my, not just a music industry episode, I think this was actually huge. For I mean, dude, I think I like these people. better, honestly, man. This, this is motivating for me, honestly, hearing your story. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know much about you before you came here. I was like, God damn. You're like, I mean, you've been hustling for years, man. It's been a minute. You've been no, hustling, I, I really man. appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, this is something when you hit me up the first time, I was really excited to come on because I'm such a big fan of what you guys do and just the music industry. Like, I, I think there's so much correlation mm -hmm. between dance, music, what we're doing with our businesses, how we're building our brands. And hopefully, you know, people can take something from this. And, and industries like ours have been like dance industry, music industry have been shitted on for so long. But now it's like we've hit our golden era to where like, wait, wait, this this because all the attention is, is actually the now. cool shit yeah. now that you can do a lot with online. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the power's gone back to the artist, which is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, you know, that's a good way to put it. We were backup dancers for so long, but now you have dancers that are actually known. You yeah, know? and there's no gatekeepers. You don't have to be like suck up to this fucking asshole who will make or break your career. You just yep. go online and make Even some producers videos. Producers kind of were behind the scenes. It was more like the singer Absolutely. or like the person up front. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the producers. No, I remember the back. first time I was seeing like David Guetta's name as the, the artist, name. and I was like, wait, he's not the singer. Yeah, when I was exposed How? to that world, with uh, like Stephen got me into like EDM and stuff. I was like, wait a minute, you can be like a an artist as a beat maker that's yeah so weird to me like flume is yeah. making beats and tr touring yeah that's the concept now it's so normal but like i remember that realization of like these guys are artists yeah what the fuck that's yeah. fucking weird okay it's amazing. Yep. so we will start the spotify soundcloud and apple section now sweet all right let me let's get some good questions here um okay youtube instagram tiktok let's say facebook if you were just starting out which one of those platforms would you attack first I still would stick with YouTube because I think YouTube's the easiest to repurpose to other stuff. Mm -hmm. If you only have time to do one, do a three, five, 10 minute video on YouTube and find the best clips for each platform. Make sure that your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok clips start right away with whatever's the most interesting thing. So there's no lead in time. There's no chance for people to swipe past it because you had a 10 second intro. Mm -hmm. YouTube, you can get away with all that because you have more yeah. engaged listeners. Um, what do you think we talk about like heartbeat pacing sometimes with content? Do you try to do like a really fast paced edit on your stuff? It seems, I mean, all your stuff is very like intense in your face. Yeah. Like, did you focus on that a lot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's like vlog content, everything is jump cutted really tight. There's no space. Um, for Instagram in particular, if you ever watch, you'll see like as soon as the clip starts, the choreography starts. Whereas YouTube, we have like these intros, we kind of joke around, whatever. Mm -hmm. Every other platform, it's like the second you swipe yeah. past that, you we're already to. dancing, you know, yeah. so that it grabs attention. So editing for each platform is really important. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, do you have any guerrilla marketing type strategies you were doing for YouTube or, or even Instagram that kind of helps you in the early days that you think somebody should do? Yeah, I mean, I used to, um, I built a lot of other pages to support my main pages back mm -hmm. in the day. I think that's something that can work really well on Instagram. I agree. So I had like, uh, 
I guess the correlation, the, the metaphor could be like a meme page, right? Like mm-hmm. for dance, we have these pages that repost tons of dance videos. And so I support my friends, all these popular videos. And then I was able to mix in mine as well. And if we had videos that we were really trying to push, not only was I able to push them, but I also had all these other pages mm-hmm. that could help push them and draw more attention to them. And it's important if you're doing that, it has to be authentic. Like you can't like be like 90% your stuff. Yeah. And people are going to be like, wait, hold yeah. on. Like, um, but you know, finding, finding, ways to just to get more people involved and your stuff reaching out to people you know offering value if there was somebody that i really wanted to work with offer them value how can i help them first and then if i do that they're always going to want to be like yo bro actually your stuff's dope like how can we work together yeah by having one of those pages you you instantly have something to offer yeah and also another thing is you need to practice those posts even if it's not your content you're posting even if it's somebody else's content for two years you need to practice posting like and doing those captions seeing what works on social media what doesn't i think a lot of people struggle with that because they've never actually sat there and made posts yeah Uh, and realizing that nothing is consistent online Mm -hmm. like what works as a caption today might not work next week Mm -hmm. and we're every day i tell my team i'm like try this try that try this and then at the end of the week i'm like did any of those work Mm -hmm. no okay next week try this try (laughs) that try this it's always testing were you online I had a Vine. I think I had like a couple hundred thousand followers, but I you act like that's nothing. That's still yeah, a decent like reach. A but was, yeah, I wasn't like <laughs> a Viner. Yeah, no, you know, I know what I you mean. That's like, crazy that it was just gone all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just like that people need to pay attention to that story big time because yeah. that was a huge platform at one point. Yep, and it's just snap yeah, of the I, fingers. I was telling a lot of people back. Me and Drew both were telling people back in the day who were like had big Facebook fan pages and getting a lot of traffic through that when it was fucking crazy. We we're like, to, like please build, build email. your email, please build your email list yeah. no it's not it doesn't really work with the blah blah, blah whatever reason the pages are gone and their their business is over now basically crazy, that, right? yeah it's crazy and man. that's what that's what's kept us safe is like always building emails now texts were going crazy yeah we started that text list last week and like diversity you got everybody. you have to i had friends that were on vine that bought mansions in la and because got foreclosed on the next year oh. when vine shut down like they were like that's they were sad, doing man, they were doing brand deals like this is like what eight years ago mm-hmm. when Vine was big, they were doing brand deals for like 200, 300 grand a post Holy for shit. a six crazy, second man. video. That's, That's crazy. Insane. Were they, were they moving the traffic around or were they not just keeping it on? No, they were just keeping it on there. I mean, they, you know, a little bit, but not enough to sustain them once it shut down. That yeah. was, that was it. I mean, that's one thing Jake Paul and Logan Paul did so good. They're like, we yeah. got to make moves over to YouTube. We can't just sit on this fucking one platform. Yeah. That's the most dangerous thing. I yeah. Like always yeah no and and that's for me why i say like youtube is is the main and then supplement from there Mm -hmm. that's awesome man sweet Uh, well i think do you have any more questions i got one last question so um because you're somebody who's like a trend almost like looking for trends and stuff uh biggest trend everybody listening to this podcast should pay attention to going into 2020 Oh man, unfortunately, I think we all agree. TikTok is definitely on that list. Um, you know, that, and the reason is not because, oh, TikTok, it's a fun app. It's because of what they have behind them. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at YouTube, the reason I love YouTube is because it's owned by Google. Like mm-hmm. Google's not going anywhere. So YouTube is probably pretty safe. Um, TikTok is owned by ByteDance. They have billions of dollars behind them a huge massive company like it's not going anywhere you know but i i think the biggest trend that that i'm seeing is that people are taking more 
chances on things. Like I feel like if you looked at music, for instance, if you looked at the top 20 four years ago, it was pretty consistently like Drake, Taylor Swift, Justin Mm -hmm. Bieber, Selena Gomez, whatever the artists were that month. And it didn't really ever vary from that. Now, because of something like TikTok and YouTube and all this, you have a top 40 that looks ridiculous. It's like hip hop country. Random kids made made a song in their bedroom and they're all of a sudden huge billboard top 100. Yeah. Fucking nuts, man. And I, I think the the trend that is coming from that is that it's we're being rewarded for taking risks and for making a lot of content. And and you know, so many people will be like, oh yeah, I produce. Oh yeah, I dance. Oh yeah, okay, cool. When's the last time you made a video or you went to an audition or you created a short film or whatever it is? No, I'm just kind of like sitting on it. I'm working. Just start putting it you out gotta, there. You got to start. So you will be rewarded for hard work and consistency and posting. You know, and people act like there. no. I can't really name one Instagram post I read last week. People like if you fuck up or it doesn't do well, who cares? Archive it next week. Yeah, (laughs) they're literally literally there's so much content being posted every single day online right now. Like nobody's remembering it. Just fucking keep going. Like and honestly, you got to post probably how many times? Thousands before people remember you. Like yeah. long term consistently. Um, cool. Well, yeah, oh, that was an awesome episode, Bro, man. Awesome fucking episode. Yeah, man. That came no, awesome. thank you guys yeah, for having me. Fun.